get into the hockey talk by getting into the scrum. This is the Scrum Sports Hockey Show with Brooks Rowland and Trevor Grout on Lightning Power Play. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Off the Rails with the Scrum Sports. Once again, I was about to say the Scrum Sports Hockey Show, but yeah. Uh, I am, of course, Trevor Grout, and joined as always by the Finn to my Poe Dameron, Brooks Rowland. I had a feeling you were going to go with these guys. Being that you know, Star the new Star Wars is out now, mm-hmm. I, I had a feeling and my hunch was correct. Solid duo, though. I can't really complain. Dude, just wait. Yeah, you've already seen the movie. I have not seen it yet, so no spoilers. Don't tell me anything. But I plan on if if I don't see it this weekend, like on a on a Sunday morning, definitely gonna be next weekend at some point. So I will be seeing it very soon. Oh yeah. Um. By the way, the obligatory. The obligatory. Brooks, do you know why I'm here? So you don't get fined. I'm just here so I won't get fined. Sometimes you just gotta get it out of the way early, right? Amen to that. So, this this show is going to be... It's a little packed. We had a lot going on this week. It's a little packed. I'm trying to bring it up here because you sent it to me earlier than normal, so I'm trying to actually find it. (laughs) I got to track it down here. Yeah, usually I send it... Like on a Thursday night or a Friday morning or something like that, or even a Friday afternoon. I think I sent it to you when? Wednesday afternoon? I think so. I'm trying to find it. That's yesterday. Should I? I have it pulled up. Do you want me to go ahead and describe what we got coming up on the show? I got this. Okay. All right. I'm just offering I'll, to help out. I'll find it eventually. <laughs> Hold on. You keep this up, the first segment's going to be over by the time you find it. No kidding. (laughs) Oh, found it. There we go. All right, so. Dear God, you've got a lot here. Uh, So we're going to talk recent trend of of, uh, allowing the other team uh, to score multiple goals in quick uh, succession. We are going to... Talk about what Anthony Sorelli's play means for his next contract next summer. Uh, Lightning's God, his next his first contract is really that already. Yeah, this is the last year of his uh, entry level deal. Wow. Yep, he is an RFA next summer. Um, but to kick this show off, there have been some changes. Yep, there've uh, there've been a little bit of moving and shaking, a little bit of a uh, little bit of slight controversy. In uh, Lightning Land this uh, this week, you know a lot of uh, a lot of chatter going on about certain things. Most notably, uh, earlier this week, in case you've been living under a cave or living under a rock or in a cave, you probably saw that Nikita Kucherov um, got benched for a period and then for overtime against Ottawa in a game the Lightning and eventually ended up winning. Uh, we Were s- you at that game? I was indeed covering that game. It was a little, um, it was a little bit, I'm, gonna I'm not going to say awkward, but I'm going to have Riley, one of our other writers, mm-hmm. go through and compile the win-loss percentage <laughs> of us as writers. Of course you are. I guarantee you, yours is going to be astronomically higher than mine or Mike's. Mike's has been pretty good so far. I mean, well, maybe not like, I mean, I, 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 like you said, I've probably like the, the lightning probably have the best winning percentage when I'm actually at the games. Uh-huh. You definitely have the worst by far. Uh-huh. I know what you're getting at. I see the gear spinning in your head. No, I'm just telling you that right now. No lightning fans out there. Do you want the bolts to win? <laughs> Here's how we do it. Hit Brooks Roland up at, at Brooks Roland 82 and tell him to cover every game. Because as he just said, the Lightning have a better winning percentage when he's covering than at least at home than myself or Mike Raper. 
So that just speaks for itself. I, I, I'm not saying what the people aren't thinking. True, but we've also kind of split coverage on a couple of those games as well. Just saying. I, I, I can just, you've already made up your mind. I can tell you that you, you really want me to cover every single game. I'm just telling you right now. Do you not want the Lightning to win the cup in your final season? Don't guilt covering. trip me. Don't guilt trip me. It's on you, Brooks. <laughs> Brooks, you want Kenobi. You are our last hope. I can always count on you to give me the old guilt trip when it comes to superstitions and who's got the best winning person or which writer has the best winning percentage when they're covering and that kind of thing. That's always been a thing with you since we started the site. <laughs> Look at it this way. You're Brooksy Wan Kenobi. I mean, you don't really have a Darth Vader. I mean, no, you really don't have a Darth Vader, so you can't get like struck down, you know, so you're good. <laughs> I'm just going to um, just going to say moving on as we like to say before we get too far off the rails. So what led to to Kucherov's? Well, I mean, it, he hasn't been the best with passing this season so far. Well, the thing is, has he been prone to turnovers at time? Yes, but here's the thing: a lot of other star players across the league also have high turnover totals, typically because one, they've got the puck on their stick a lot. Two, they have the skill and creativity to make things happen, and so they're more likely to take more risks with the puck. So players of a high skill level tend to have a high turnover level at the same time. And from that Ottawa game earlier this week, it was Kucherov's turnover that led to the game-tying goal by Anthony Duclair. You know, Kucherov was trying to dangle between two Ottawa guys. He was the last man back. He had the puck. You know, he, he tried to, you know... Like I said, get through a pair of Senators players. He, t- <laughs> he turned it over. Oh, God. What are you watching now? Do I even want to know? Just watch. Oh, just watch. I, I, I've seen this already. Oh, my God. I, I've seen this already. Anyway, now that we're completely off the rails. But no, th- he had the turnover that led to Declare's tying goal. Played one more shift in that second period. Played one shift to start the third and then basically sat for the final 18 minutes or so of the third period. Sat for overtime. But I don't think it was just because of that one turnover. When when you bench a re- the reigning Hart Trophy winner, it's not because of just one play. I, I think there was probably a culmination of things. And we know that, this, that the coaching staff has been trying to get the team to be more responsible with the puck. You know, to, to have better puck management, to take fewer risks. And I think John Cooper saw his chance to really to hammer his point home. And he decided to make the decision to put Kucherov on the bench for the rest of that game. If, it, if they had lost that game, that it probably would have been second guess to the end of time. Mm. But they ended up winning. And the following game against Dallas, I thought Kucherov played one of his best games of the season. I mean, he was he looked like his old self. He looked motivated. He looked fast, creating chances, making plays happen. The pass to Kalorn on that power play goal, my goodness, that was, you know, a vintage Kucherov play. And I thought that he really responded positively to that benching. No, I mean, any player let me rephrase this. Most players will respond well to a benching. Um and if not, there's a problem. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, dude, how many times when Marty uh, first came to the team, how many times did Coop, um, Tortorella bench him? That's a good question. <laughs> That's going way, way far back. I mean, but... now, granted, he wasn't, you know, in air quotes, Marty St. Louis yet. Um, But he still got benched. I think Vinny got benched a couple times under Torts. Oh, yeah. Well, Torts, torts, you know, shows no mercy, <laughs> as, as we saw, you know, when, when he was the coach here for for his, uh, for what was it, seven years or so? Yeah, I mean, Torts was not afraid to, you know, hold guys accountable and sit them down. And I'm okay with... Hey, Brooks. Yeah. Shut your yeah. There it is. Every week. One, one time at least. But I, I had no really no problem with, with Cooper deciding to sit Kucherov because it sent a message... And the message clearly got through, and it worked. 
Now here's now now here's another thing. But here but here's a question I have. Okay, go ahead. So he benches Cooch. Yes. For in essence twenty five minutes ish. Well, yeah, a full period I, and essentially it was about probably tw- if you want to include the overtime, if you're getting specific, probably about twenty two, twenty three minutes. Okay. At what point does he does he give McElhinney a few more starts? I'm glad I was just about to transition to that. I'm glad you brought it up. Because, because let's be honest here, and we're not being overly critical, but the play speaks for itself. Vasilevsky is not having his best season. No. No. And, and, we, and we've talked about it at length before. You know, the the consistency has not necessarily been there. And it's kind of... A, it's, the it's the a, dependability hasn't been there. Yeah. The, the making those highlight reel saves. Um, it's not just the highlight reel saves. It's being able to make to be dependable to make the timely saves when you need to keep a team you know or prevent a team from tying the game. It's making those simple saves, those those easily makeable saves from distance that we haven't seen Vasilevsky make. I mean and and I've mentioned this here, I've mentioned this elsewhere that I've noticed from watching Vasilevsky his first few years in the league, one of his strengths is you know has been tracking the puck exactly. He's not been tracking the puck as well this season. It's just for some reason he's been just a microsecond slow to react, a microsecond you know slower to to slide over and make a save, and that's all the difference it takes with when you're going up against quality NHL shooters night in and night out. Well, speaking of NHL shooters, uh, an NHL shooter has gone back to Syracuse, has been demoted. Uh, Matthew Joseph. I'm trying to think of how to put this. Was it? Did they wait too long? No, I, I think they. I think it was done at the right time, and, and I think that, you know, he he's a guy that has regressed some this year. The speed is still there, but the finishing ability has not been there like it was last season. Last year, he had 13 goals. This year, I mean, he hasn't scored since they were playing in Sweden. I mean, it's been over a month. And he was a recent healthy scratch as well for a game before he got sent down to Syracuse. I think that it'll help Matthew Joseph out to go back to Syracuse, play some more meaningful minutes, regain his confidence, regain, you know, his score, you know, something semblant resembling a scoring touch. I mean, he played in 70 games last season, 13 goals, 13 assists for 26 points. And he uh, was a guy that earned his way onto the roster last year. He did. He did this season so far, four goals, three assists, seven points. And he's almost to the point where he's almost at the halfway of that 70. And he's not at the halfway point of where, He's a guy because of his speed that he, he's a guy that that can create chances just because of that. But the problem is is that we haven't seen him we haven't seen him finish enough of his chances. There have been times where, where it almost seems like he's he's just at full speed all the time. And obviously you, you want the guy to play hard, but at the same time, you know, you you, you like to see him you know, finish the opportunities that he gets, you know, put himself in better position, both defensively and offensively. And we've also seen him take a lot of penalties. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's that been a big, big issue with him so far this year. He's, and this was a problem that Cedric Paquette had for a while. 14 so far this season, 26 last year. Yeah. And th- remember, the, the penalty issue was something that, Ce- that Cedric Paquette had for a while. And he's cleaned that up that part of his game tremendously. But I think that that's something that Matthew Joseph is going to have to work on as well. I think we'll see him back up in the lineup at some point this season. But I, I don't think it'll hurt for him to go back down, you know, play some more meaningful minutes, play top six minutes with the crunch before getting the call back up. Because let's face it, injuries happen, slumps happen. I mean, there will be another opportunity for Matthew Joseph to come back up onto this roster. At what point does Mitchell Stevens get number one? What do you mean number one? Like NHL goal. 
Um, I would, if I had to predict, I'd say he'll get it before New Year's. Okay. Okay. Verhage finally got number one of his. So that monkey's off his back. Yep. Um, I have actually been moderately impressed with, with Carter Verhage. Um, he, he, he's shown rookie common issues. We've seen flashes from him. But you'd like to see, I'd like to see a little more consistency. I think that'll come with time, but we've seen him, I, I think, slowly get better and better. I mean, he's not quite, he, he's he's not going to do what Braden Point was doing in his rookie year. No. He's not going to do what Anthony Sorelli was doing in his rookie year either. No. But I, th- I think he's a guy that can be a dependable, you know, bottom six winger. And the way Mitchell Stevens is going I mean, I think he's learned, he's earned an extended look in the team's bottom six as well. I mean, he's a guy that you, that I could easily see being a, a fourth line center or well, a third line center. Well, he was a 2015 center. draft pick, correct? Second yeah. round pick. Yeah, he's been around. He's been in the system for a few years. So, I mean, it's it's time now if, you know. Well, he got derailed by injuries last year with Syracuse. That was a big problem. And, but he's shown a little something in previous camps. This year's camp, he didn't really stand out all that much, but I think it was, you know, getting back into game shape and dealing with the injuries that I think may have affected him a bit in camp this year. But we've seen him impress the previous couple of years in training camp. But you got to also remember, there's other guys fighting for, for that call-up as well. we still got Volkov. Mm-hmm. Volkov, I think, still needs a little more time in... I wouldn't be surprised if he got another call up this year, though. I wouldn't be surprised, but I still feel like he he needs a little more time because in preseason he was lighting it up. When he got his opportunity, he wasn't able to convert on the opportun- on the chances he got. Um, so when we come back, we will talk uh, a little bit about Anthony Sorelli, how his play will determine his next contract, as well as some of the. Unrestricted uh, free agents and maybe some unrestricted free agents that are coming up at the end of the season. All that more. We come back here on Off the Rails of the Scrum Sports on Lightning Power Play. Welcome back to the Scrum Sports Hockey Show on Lightning Power Play. And we're back with Off the Rails of the Scrum Sports here on Lightning Power Play. And before the break, we were talking about Matthew Joseph getting. Uh, uh, sent down to Syracuse to kind of, I guess, find his groove again. Uh, Nikita Kucherov getting benched uh, in that game against Ottawa. And then bouncing back. And then bouncing back. Uh, and should the Lightning maybe give Vassy a few nights off? Um, Like I said prior, you, you just look at the guy's play and... There's something missing. There's something that's not there. There's something that's not clicking that had been clicking. Um, that could be the defense in front of him. It could be a number of things. But there's things that he's not doing that he has done in the past. But this segment, uh, and if you're just joining us, thank you. Uh, shame on you for not having been here the whole time, but thank you. Uh, we're going to talk... Anthony Sorelli's upcoming contract. Now, currently, uh, heading into this season, there are three forward RFAs. Three. Carter Verhage, Mitchell Stevens, and Anthony Sorelli. Um... And on top of that, we also have. Uh, I, I was gonna. I was gonna get to that. You're, you're you're moving a little slowly, my friend. I'm sorry. Mikha- <laughs> two of the Lightning defensemen, Mikhail Sergachev and Eric Chernak, and that's really it. Now, as far as UFAs, you got Patrick Maroon who signed the one year deal. Yep. Kevin Shattenkirk, uh, the legend that is Jan Ruda, and Luke Shen, uh, Mike Condon is also a UFA. But he's buried in the minors. He's buried in the minors, exactly. Um, and then Coburn and McElhinney will be next season along with Cedric Paquette. And as of right now, as of right now, 
those are your only three UFAs the following season. But five forwards that are currently on the roster. I'm sorry. Four forwards currently on the roster. Five defensemen currently on the roster will be coming up for new contracts at the end of the season. One of which, obviously, like I said, is Anthony Sorelli. Has he played well enough to... uh, What... Is this a situation where we're going to see a bridge contract? More than likely, in my opinion. And here's the tricky part as well. If the salary cap stays the same, $81.5 million, which... If I had to make an educated guess, I'd say it's probably going to go up a little bit. But then again, it was also, everybody was projecting it to be, even the league projected it to be about $83.5 million going into this past summer, ended up being $81.5. Now, if the cap stays at $81.5 million, the Lightning's cap space next summer is only just a hair over $8 million. So that's going to make things that's difficult. That's going to make things a little bit tricky depending on how much the cap goes up or not. Now, here's here's the contract situation you've got. We mentioned, you know, we, we talked about the, the upcoming RFAs. You know, you've got Sorelli. You've got Sergachev, Chernak. Joseph was just sent down, but we'll kind of include him in this as well. You've also got Verhage. Um Mitchell Stevens is also going to be in RFA next summer as well. But, you know, here's the thing. There's only two of two of that group that I think could make a dent in that cap space. And that's Sorelli and Sergachev. I don't think Chernak's going to really be that much more expensive on a new deal. Well, right now he's at just a hair under 700,000 a year. And you get, and you have to keep in mind as well. The only one of that group that has arbitration rights is Verhage. Mm-hmm. So he's the only one that has any sort of leverage at all. Now I think, you know, with Joseph being demoted, if they sign him to a new contract, I don't think it'd be that expensive. It probably, it would probably be somewhere in the neighborhood of what Cedric Paquette's making right now, and Paquette's making one point six five million a year. Um, I would think Joseph would be around that, probably maybe a little bit lower. Um, I don't think Chernak would be all that expensive. Um, you know, Stevens would be coming back. I mean, if they, they re-sign him, now that's gonna be that's probably gonna be a cheap deal. But Sergachev and Sorelli are gonna be the two to watch. Now, if we look at the miners' contracts, if we look at the miners, RFAs, you got Volkov, uh, Ross Colton. Both RFAs. Dennis Yen, Matthew Joseph, uh, Jamil Smith, and Danik Martell. All RFAs. The two UFAs are Conacher and Chris Mueller. Then you go to defensively. Uh, Devontae Stevens uh, is an RFA. Cameron Gauntz is a UFA. Ben Thomas, Daniel Walcott, and Dominic Machine are RFAs. All three have arbitration. Uh, then goalies, non-roster goalies, you've got Mike Condon, UFA, Spencer Martin, RFA with arbitration, and Scott Wedgwood, UFA. That's everybody that's coming up this this coming off season. Um, and most of those guys aren't going to be very, very pricey, at least, especially the ones that don't have arbitration rights. So that, I don't think that that's going to be a major concern because, you know, those guys are, their cap hit, if they get called up is very, very, very minimal right now. Here, and here's a question too. So Barry Boulay has impressed in development camps and training camps since he, join the lightning roster. Would he get called up before Matthew Joseph gets called back up? If injuries dictated. Um, I don't think so. I, I still think Matthew Joseph would probably get the first call up because he's, he's played at, you know, regular season games. He's played in, pl- uh, you know, playoff games last year with this team. I think the familiarity would allow and the chance at redemption. I think that if the, the lightning see enough of him, 
you know, kind of regaining his mojo in the AHL, I think that Joseph would more than likely be the first one called back up. Okay. But I, I think Barry Boulay would be Alex Barry Boulay. That is, I think he'd be a guy, you know, to keep an eye on, but I, I don't, I wouldn't expect him to be a primary call up unless this team got really, really hit hard by injuries. I thought that he's at the development camps. I've seen him at, he's been pretty solid I didn't think he had all that good of a training camp, and I think that's why he didn't make the roster. I mean, dude, he's already got 24 points in 27 games. I mean, he's been producing. He's He's been producing, not not quite at the level he was a year ago, but you know, he's still been a productive player with the Syracuse Crunch. I just don't think that it's going to you know give him enough of a boost to get the first call-up should uh, any injuries hit. Well, I'm not saying... It's going to happen. Right. But I think Joseph has to prove himself again to get back. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I don't disagree with that for one second. I think that he's he's gotta he's gotta regain his scoring touch and, you know, find a way to not take as many penalties and you know and be a guy that can actually cause we've seen him, you know, put the speed to use, but it's not always been it, it it's almost kind of chaotic when he's using his speed you know that's it doesn't seem as controlled as you'd probably like you know maybe maybe there'd be times when you'd like to see him use it in bursts here and there and conserve his energy rather than just go full you know full bore all the time well i mean in his in his one full season with the syracuse crunch because he only played a full season um after coming from the saint john sea dogs he had 53 points in 70 games um which boils down to 15 goals and 38 assists. First full season with the Lightning that following season, 13-13 for 26. Um, looks like he played for Team Canada and had a goal and an assist. But then this season, 4-3 for 7. Right. So, And he's had a long goal drought. Like I said, he hasn't scored since the Global Series in Sweden. You know that that it's... I could make not a joke about him, but just a. If you've listened to our show long enough, when we talk about goal droughts, you know which player I'm talking about. <laughs> that we do, my friend. That we do. But he, here's the bigger question, though. And where the heck did he come from all of a sudden? And you know who I'm talking oh, about. Oh yeah, I I know, I know, but. Here's here's the main question that that I want to get to. If Anthony Sorelli continues to play at the at the high level that he's been playing at, because he might not be putting up humongous goal totals and point totals, he might not be a point per game guy, but he's been so good at both ends of the rink. You know, he's starting to really really I think challenge Braden Point for being this team's best two way center. He's not quite there yet but he's very very close I mean we've seen Sorelli be been put out there as a shutdown guy against the other team's top lines which is a position that Braden Point initially held exactly and you know we've seen him go up against the likes of Nathan McKinnon and guys like David Posternock and Patrice Bergeron and even you know Austin Matthews I mean we, we've seen him go up against the other team's best players Pablo Matthews <laughs> I see what you did there even though it's not November anymore, but does he still have it? Oh, I don't know. That's a good. That's a good question. You you might want to you might want to look that up. But I think if Sorelli continues to perform at the level that he is, it's only going to drive his price up. Because let's let's face it, good good young players don't get cheaper. They just don't. <laughs> I mean, we, we we've seen the the contracts that some of the young stars in this game have gotten over the last couple of years. I'm not saying that Anthony Sorelli is quite in that category, but if he continues to do what he's done so far, it's going to make the Lightning's cap crunch next summer really, really interesting. And there's probably going to be some tough roster decisions to be made. And then you throw in Sergachev as well. I mean, Sergachev, I think, is, you know, really, I think he's bounced back from last year. In his third season, we we've really seen him so far. I think become, you know, more and more of a top four guy. Even though he's not playing in the top four per se, you know, he he's a guy that 
the way he's going right now, he's he's got a great chance of being a fixture in this team's top four in the future. Oh, absolutely. It wouldn't surprise me if they did a bridge deal with both of them. But at the same time, you got to figure, is there going to be a trade or two to clear up space this summer? There could be. Um, and then, obviously, next summer will be the expansion draft. Um, looking at this picture, though, I just wonder who in his family or camp like, which of his friends thought that that mustache was a good idea? Yeah, I just took a look at it. That's that's not necessarily the best look. But usually, let's be real, not not too many people can pull off a mustache. There's very, very few that can successfully pull it off. Every guy in Broken Lizard? <laughs> Super Troopers, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep, they, 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 are, they are amongst the rare crowd that can pull it off. Not too many, though. Anyway, now that we've officially gone off the rails as God, we I need always to watch do. watch that again. Which one? The first one or the second one? Both. Second one, I, I this, had its moments, but I still liked it. Yeah. I mean, the, the, it, it wasn't as good as the first one, obviously, because the first one's a cult classic. Hold on. I'm going to do... I, I, th- I just thought of something I'm going to do the rest of this show with. Hold on. Keep talking. Okay. And Trevor's up to his usual crazy schemes. I have no idea what he's up to right now, but he's... Uh, He's gotten out of his seat, and now he's uh, up to some sort of shenanigans behind me. I'm not sure what that I really want to know what he's up to, but I have a feeling that um, it's going to be one of those things that I'm either going to get a laugh out of it, or I'm just going to shake my head in absolute and utter disgust. Now, when you when you take a look at this team's contract situation with their cap space, you know, just, right now they've just got. A little over 2.24 million in cap space. Yeah, they've they've got they've got a, cr- a cr- cap crunch coming up, and Trevor just broke out the Kylo Ren light- lightsaber because why wouldn't he? The new Star Wars is officially out in theaters now. It's actually my fiance's, but you know, hey, I, I got it for her. There, there you go. It, it's a gift. You you you're showing her you love her because she is a big big Star Wars fan. Anyway. Now Any that, uh, that I've... Uh, <laughs> Any hoozle. Any who's. But, you know, I, I mentioned a few seconds ago that, you know, there's probably going to be some interesting roster decisions to make. And when you look up and down the contracts on this roster, you see a lot of no trade clauses. Andre Palat, Yanni Gord, Tyler Johnson, all with full no trades. Alex Kalorn's contract becomes a modified no trade clause this summer. I'm not going to lie. I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm I'm scrolling Facebook. Apparently, if I redo my Disney pass at Amway Center, I get a magic jersey. Oh, there you go. I don't know that I ever, you know, that it didn't Whatever. look all that fashionable to me. But anyway, there's, there, there's a lot of no trade clauses that dot this roster. You know, you got McDonough as well on the blue line. I already mentioned Kalorn's being modified no trade. Johnson, Gordon, Pallott having full no trade. Uh, Stamkos with a no move. Hedman with a no move. Um, yeah, but guys like Hedman and Stamkos... They're elite guys. They're, you're not going to move them. Exactly. I mean, and, and Well, that's, that's probably my biggest issue with the roster construction is as great as Steve Eiserman was as this team's GM, if he had one weakness... It was giving out too many no-trade clauses. Agreed. I mean, looking at it right here, like you said, just in the forwards, on the current roster, you have one, two, three, four with a no-move clause. And then, like you said, in the the defense, Shattenkirk has a Mm no-trade, McDonough has a no-trade, and Hedman has a no-move. But you have to remember, Shattenkirk's going to be a UFA after this year. And the way he's played, he's probably pricing himself out of Tampa. You never know. True, you never know. But let let me ask you this. Dude, like I said, you know what he's going to end up getting the next few years. With that money, he could stand to take less. Very true. But at the same time, if this team finds a way to, you know... Put together a point streak, get up into a playoff spot, make the playoffs. Say they go on a run and win the Stanley Cup. You think Shattenkirk's still sticking around? I don't think so. Dude, he's getting $1.4 million for the next, including this year, four years. 
Well, I know he's got the buyout with the Rangers. I get that. I, well, I, no, I'm I, sorry. Cost, uh, okay, I'm kind of confused on this. So it says cost and then cap hit. And one of those is vastly different. Like next season, the cost is 1.433. The cap hit is 6.083. Yeah, that's part of the that's part of the buyout with the. Uh, so next year he's going to get six mil from the Rangers. from the Rangers. Yeah, even next year we could sign him for uh, the Lightning could sign him for another one point four, one point five, even a two million. It's possible. I mean, I'm not saying it's not possible, but if he continues to put up big time numbers, because let, let's face it, he and Pat and Pat Maroon came here to win a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. If the Lightning accomplished that, it would not surprise me one bit if those two walk. Wouldn't surprise me because let's face it, they came, they would have come here and accomplished the goal that they sought to accomplish. I'm not saying that I'm not ruling out a Shattenkirk return, but I'm just saying if this team makes a deep run and he continues to drive his value up, because let's face it, not only did he come here to win a cup, but he came here to rebuild his reputation. You know, his reputation took a bit of a hit in New York, not necessarily all his fault either. Let's be real. It wasn't necessarily all his fault. And we'll talk about more of that when we come back here on Off the Rails with the Scrum Sports. Welcome back to the Scrum Sports Hockey Show on Lightning Power Play. And welcome back to Off the Rails with the Scrum Sports here on Lightning Power Play. And before the break, we were talking about has Anthony Sorelli's play, uh, how big of a contract he's looking at this coming offseason as a restricted free agent. Um, as Brooks and I both discussed, um, of all the UFAs, RFAs, the only player uh, on the Lightning roster currently that has any negotiating room is Carter Verhage. He's the only one with arbitration rights. Uh, both Stevens, who's currently on the roster, uh, Sorelli are in their entry-level contracts. So... I could see Sorelli getting a, as you said, a bridge... Probably two to three, somewhere in there. Maybe, what do you think per year? Because if, if Point got $6.75 million on a three-year bridge deal per year. Um, I'd say four, maybe five. Maybe like Killorn money, you know, about... Because Killorn's making... 4.45. Yeah, 4.45. F- oh, hold on. Yeah, it's 4.45. Yeah, four million four hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, so I, I could see Sorelli getting something around that neighborhood for a bridge deal. Yeah, and then after that, if he keeps progressing, then you know set him up with something a little bit more substantial at that point. But because by then the cap will continue to be going up. I'm very curious to see how much the cap goes up next summer. Because if if there is a decent jump, which I don't know that there will be. But if there is, that's that's only going to help the lightning out when it comes to trying to figure them figure out this cap crunch. You know what makes me feel really old? What's that? I'm 11 years older than Nikita Kucherov. Wow. <laughs> I'm six years older than Patrick Maroon. Real wow. Hold on. Jeez. <laughs> oh, I'm seven years older than McDonough. I'm. You're gonna be eight years older than Stamkos, right? Headman and Stamkos, correct? Uh, yes. Um, I'm 16 years older than Mikhail Sergachev. <laughs> I had started driving when he was born. <laughs> Thanks for making me feel old too, because you and I are like the same age. There's only a couple months difference between me and you dude alex kalorn is seven years younger than us that's wild man that is yeah now now that you've really kind of braden point 14 years oh stop stop already <laughs> the hell's wrong with you no you really want me to go bad hold on no no don't hold on don't no trevor hold on i'm we're gonna get into the the the, the scoring goals thing hold on uh, where is it? Jack Hughes. Well, we know, dude. Jack Hughes could. Jack Hughes could be your kid. Yeah, yeah, he could. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Hughes could be my son. Yes. 
He's um, not, but he's he's I literally. He, I, I wish he was. <laughs> he's literally half your age. I'd be like, hey, uh, son, with that nice, uh, you know, nine hundred twenty-five thousand a year you're making, uh, throw dad a you know hundred grand a year so I don't have to work. <laughs> um, so there's a there's a pretty bad trend going on right now in Lightning Land. That we've seen it pop up a few times recently. It was it's it was more worse. You know, before like the Dallas game, but you know, I, I've I've saw some you know fans mentioning on social media how it, you know saying, well, the Lightning always seem to allow a goal so quickly after they score, and that got that kind of got me thinking a little bit. I was like, it seems to have been a bit of an issue as of late, but I did some uh, I did some digging around, and the light like. I went back and looked at each time that the Lightning have scored a goal within two minutes of either allowing a goal or scoring a goal themselves. And I also looked at each time that the Lightning have allowed a goal within two minutes after scoring one or allowing another one earlier this season as well. And it's roughly happened about the same amount each time. I mean... So basically, it, it, this is kind of a way of debunking that whole myth that the Lightning always allow a goal so soon after scoring. It's been more of a recent phenomenon, but it has been something that has happened both ways throughout the entire season. It's just, and I'm not going to get into every single there's a lot. one because there's a lot, but that basically there's a few. There, there, there's quite a few. I mean, when you look at the times that they've scored a goal quickly after the opposition or within a, you know, a short frame of time after the, uh, after they've scored a goal on their own. I mean, you've got about five, six, probably about 20 or so, or maybe a little under 20 times when they've scored quickly after the opposition did. And then around about the same amount of times where they've allowed a goal almost immediately after they scored one themselves, by the way, and I meant to bring this up real quick. Yes. Did you do the homework from last week? The homework from last week. <sighs> I have a feeling I may have forgotten. Remind, remind me again. How many times Marty St. Louis assisted on a Stamkos goal? Yeah, I, I would have failed that assignment because I completely forgot. I was too busy researching this week's show. <laughs> to to go that far back into the archives, but one there's there's a few things that I, that I have noticed with this whole goals happening in quick su- succession events. Like I said, it happens a lot more than we think. It's not necessarily a recent trend, but I've noticed that when Andre Palat scores, it's almost always more often than not within around a minute or so after the opposition does because of, of these times where, you know, where the opposition gets a goal, maybe less than a minute later, it's, it's like five times. It's been Andre Palat getting that goal right back. And I, I just thought that that was one of those weird, uh, weird little trends. But one thing that were that, that is also pretty common when you see goals in quick succession is how often it happens on the power play. Because usually, you know, sometimes you see a goal get allowed and then you get a power play and then you score, you know, going back the other way. So, you know, the special teams often factors into that whole equation as well. Um, you know, it, it's just one of those things that, I'll, I'll, that I'm going to keep an eye on the rest of the season to see if, if it's a trend that continues. But like I said, it was it's something that's been happening mostly in December. I mean, you look at... You look at the game against Minnesota when they allowed three goals in a minute 41. Then we saw Hedman score. Minnesota scores 36 seconds later. Kaloran scores. And then eight seconds later, Matt Zuccarello gets the, uh, ends up getting the eventual game winner. Then we saw against the Islanders this month. They allowed the Islanders to score a pair of goals a minute 53 apart. Then another pair of goals a minute 24 apart. You know, against Washington, you know, Lars Eller and Garnet Hathaway get goals 45 seconds apart against Ottawa. Braden Point scores, and then you see Connor Brown, 
getting Ottawa back in the game 29 seconds later with a goal of his own. So it's been more of a thing that seems to have happened in recent games, but it's also one of those things that's kind of been there throughout the year, but it's just been more prevalent in the month of December. And the other thing that's troubling, I don't know if you've noticed this, and I'm going to pull it up here right now. Did you notice the record already? Uh, I'm going to have to pull it up. So, as of right now, they're 17, 12, and 4. As of the recording of this show. As of the recording of this show. And they still have games in hand. That's not where I'm going. All last season, 62, 16, and 4. When they, and nobody expected them to do what they did last season again. No. That's historic. Yeah. Maybe, if, I, I, I saw like a 112-point season, 115. I didn't see 128 again. No. They're 4 Losses away from matching last season. Well, I've been saying this since the season started that we couldn't expect a repeat of last year. Last year was not expecting, not expecting a, a, a redo, but already four losses away from last season. But here's the catch. They're only, as we record this, they're only one point out of a playoff spot. And they're one point out of third place in the Atlantic. Granted, the the, the wild card is going to be tough to get into this year. They're wait, they're they're one one point out of what? They're one point out of third place in the Atlantic, uh, which would give playoffs. Them a playoffs. Let's talk about playoffs. Oh, you're you kidding me? So bad. Playoffs. I just hope we can win a game. Yeah, they're they're one point out of wait. wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever. Anyway, Sucker Jan again. Yeah, whatever. God, you, you you're you're like a kid with that darn thing. That's the greatest soundbite ever. I'm sorry. <laughs> it is, but <laughs> try to use it a little more organically. <laughs> I did. <laughs> anyway, I baited you into organically. Okay, okay, fair enough. The point is, and I want to get into this real quick. What? So obviously we're we're coming up to the the holidays. The way they're playing, everything, the way they're going. What are some of the Lightning's Christmas wishes? Now we're going with individual players for this. We'll go individual. We'll go a few individual players, and we'll go team as a whole. Okay. I think, um, who should we start off with? You want to go forwards first? You want to go defensemen? Let's go Braden Point first. Okay. Braden Point's Christmas wish is to get a little more facial hair. <laughs> okay. It's random, but all right. I was going to go more hockey related. He like... doesn't look gritty enough. <laughs> and there it is. <laughs> I was wondering when you were going to squeeze it in there, but I I know you, you never fail in that regard. I've gotten better. You you you've gotten you've gotten better. With the fact I can only say it once per show, other than the first show of the season, <laughs> I've gotten better. No, Braden Point. Um, I think his Christmas wish is to just keep playing the way he's been. You know, keep keep. He's coming off of, of hip surgery, so he's still kind of... Act, I think he's still acclimating back to to that. So, uh, Kucherov, Christmas wish, not to get benched again. I don't think that'll be a problem. I think uh, a Christmas wish for... Hmm, let's see here. Stamkos. Yeah, Steven Stamkos. We'll say... A new box of hockey sticks. Because... I've seen the torque he puts when he makes that shot. I'm surprised he doesn't break one a game. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty it's pretty impressive how he's able to 
to get that shot off. Because when was the last time you saw him break a stick? I can't remember. It's been a while. It's if, if it's been a while if I've ever seen it happen. That that's that's the thing about that. Um, I would say for for Alex Kalorn for him to finally break that twenty goal mark and he's halfway there. He's yeah. already halfway to twenty goals and he's never hit that mark before. That's the Christmas wish for Alex Kalorn is to to finally hit the twenty goal plateau. Uh, for Anthony Sorelli, I think it would I think it would be to uh if we're gonna say Kalorn to twenty, I wanna see Sorelli I wanna see Sorelli get you know finish between twenty and twenty five goals. And, you know, I, I really want to see him play at a level to where, you know, the Lightning have no choice but to uh, to give him a nice little raise. Oh, here's here's a good wish for Sorelli. More goals like the one he scored against Ottawa, that game winner. Hold on, Holy hold on. cow. Was this YouTube ads or NHL? NHL.com? No, I'm putting on a little music. Oh, you know, okay. We're talking Christmas. You okay. Know. I, th- I thought I thought you were gonna pull up the uh, the audio of Sorelli's goal from the other day. No, you hear what it is though. Is there a better Christmas song? It's it's pretty solid. Well, I I would still say Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas Is You" is the best Christmas song. That that's that's the best Christmas song of all time. And, it, and if you say otherwise, I'm sorry, but you're Shut wrong. Your, yeah. <laughs> Shut up. I'm two seconds from muting your mic for that one. Why, for saying Mariah Carey is the best Christmas song of all yes. time? Yes. You just don't like it because it gets played Do a me lot. a favor. Hand me your wallet. No. Let me take your man card. No, 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 no. Um, all right, so Victor Hedman, Christmas Wish. Hmm. More games in Sweden. Okay, he seemed to really He seemed to really enjoy playing in front of uh, family and friends. And it kind of gave him a nice little... Not that he was playing poorly going into that series, but he's picked his game up since then. Yeah. <laughs> so, the other thing we wanted to go into, um, um, positive, negative. Um, right now, I'll let you t- say yours. Well, as you know, we always do a, a segment at the end of the show called positive, negative. Um, mine is the, um, the entire Oscar Lindblom situation in Philadelphia. And it's a negative because what he's going through is terrible. If you haven't heard, he was recently diagnosed with Ewing sarcoma, which is a rare bone cancer or form of bone cancer. And then the positive is the response that the hockey world has given him in response to that. My positive Taylor Hall getting traded to the Phoenix Coyotes because he's out of uh, the New Eastern Jersey? Conference. Arizona Coyotes, you mean? Arizona Coyotes. Why do I always call them Phoenix? Um, the negative? They just lost their best player. Yeah, Darcy Kemper went down. <laughs> um, no, I mean the Devils. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. if there's anything we said this week you don't agree with, please feel free to hit us up on the Twitterverse. At Trevor G underscore Scrum. At Brooks Rolling 82. Find us all across all social media at the Scrum Sports. Uh, with that, uh, thanks for listening to Off the Rails of the Scrum Sports here on Lightning Power Play. And before we go, we only have one last thing to say. Go, go Bolts! Bolts.